welcome to Life-Giving Water Messages, where I expound upon the Word of God and, through the internet, deliver it to you. My name is Reverend Todd Laddick, and I'm bringing to you part four of a six-part series entitled The Matrix, with today's message specifically entitled Zion, based off of Hebrews chapter 12, verses 18 through 27. So let us dive into the Word today. You have not come to a physical mountain, to a place of flaming fire, darkness, gloom, and whirlwind as the Israelites did at Mount Sinai. For they heard an awesome awesome trumpet blast and a voice so terrible that they begged God to stop speaking. They staggered back under God's command. If even an animal touches the mountain, it must be stoned to death. Moses himself was so frightened at the sight that he said, I'm terrified and trembling. No, you have to come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heaven, heavenly Jerusalem, and to the countless thousands of angels in a joyful gathering. You have come to the assembly of God's firstborn children, whose names are written in heaven. You have come to God himself, who is the judge over all things. You have come to the spirits of the righteous ones in heaven, who have now been made perfect. You have come to Jesus, the one who mediates the new covenant between God and people, and to the sprinkled blood which speaks of forgiveness instead of crying out for vengeance like the blood of Abel. Be careful that you do not refuse to listen to the one who is speaking. For if the people of Israel did not escape when they refused to listen to Moses, the earthly messenger, we will certainly not escape if we reject the one who speaks to us from heaven. When God spoke from Mount Sinai, his voice shook the earth, but now he makes another promise. Once again, I will shake not only the earth, but the heavens also. This means that all of creation will be shaken and removed, so that only the unshakable things will remain. Amen. The eternal city of God, also known as the kingdom of God, is real, and it is really coming. God has asked us, citizens of that kingdom, to help make heaven on earth a reality. So far, <clears throat> up to this point, we have learned a number of things. First, this series is based on The Matrix, a film that sparked a multi-million dollar franchise, and as we have found out, is majorly influenced by the imagery of Lewis Carroll's Alice in Wonderland, as well as philosophy and religion, particularly Christianity and Buddhism, but all religions are of interest to the Wachowskis. They did not craft a Christian story, but they did craft a story utilizing Christian theology and imagery. Thus, in our main characters, we have Morpheus, who is a sort of John the Baptist, a voice crying out in the wilderness, but can also be seen as the first person in the Christian trinity, not perfectly, God the Father. Neo is, the, is prophesied to be the one, the savior of humanity and the builder of a new heaven on earth. He is prophesied to be the one who finally brings an end to the false and damning order of the machines, of the matrix. Trinity is 
the Holy Spirit. She is the one who shows up on behalf of Morpheus and pushes people to leave the Matrix as well as grow in their potential. She, quite literally, is the female face of God. Again, these images do not fit or work perfectly, but the Wachowskis set their story up in this way. Just like Neo, who has learned that the Matrix is a computer software that is plugged into our brains to make us believe we are living quote-unquote normal lives, when in reality, we are slaves in fake embryo sex, dreaming up energy for machines run by artificial intelligence like robots. And friends, we too, as we have learned, have been living in the Matrix, but for us, that is not software run by artificial intelligence, but the world order that we have been taught to follow mindlessly like slaves in order for us to be cogs in the wheel of society. The only way out of this matrix is Jesus Christ, who is our ultimate reality, our savior, the one to destroy the current world order and bring God's kingdom, Zion, to earth once again. Jesus Christ is the only reality that matters for us Christians. The current reality's days are numbered. In fact, the world will one day realize that Jesus Christ is all that matters, period. That these days are numbered, that they're coming to an end, and Jesus is the way. Last week, I told you the story of Neo, whose name literally means new or a revived form of something else. Keep that in mind. And Neo, if you remember, was visiting a woman known as the Oracle. If you recall, Neo went to find her to find out if he was, as Morpheus believed, the one. The savior who would defeat the agents, of whom we'll discuss uh, next week, destroy the machines and bring a place called Zion up from the underground and back on earth and that's really what this whole series is pointing to is like this this uh, idea that we one day we can actually you know defeat the machines and live as the humans were meant to live uh you know and and to and to not have to live underground anymore i mean what what better way to uh what better way and so if you recall um this you know the savior would defeat again the agents and we will discuss more about the agents next week um and so you might ask at this point because again we just talked about this place where humans can live again as they were intended to free and in harmony with each other so you might ask what is zion well according to the matrix zion is a community of freed humans humans who have been extracted from their adult-sized embryo prisons and are now living in reality as opposed to the matrix as was said before this reality is a war-ravaged blood-soaked arid land under the control of robots with artificial intelligence in fact, the earth is so ravaged, the freed folks have, have to live in the old sewer systems. And there is one place where they're all seeking to amass, a place that they call Zion. Um, but Zion, and, and again, 
you know, as is the case with all of this franchise, they use biblical names to uh, refer to their places, their ships, their people, and so on and so forth. So, so again, they call this place Zion, and keep in mind, Zion is biblical. But Zion is more than a place. It is the hope of a better world, a, a world where humans live in harmony, where they work for the common good, and where peace and justice reign, and where there are no more machines and agents to enslave people ever again. But... <clears throat> Getting to this Zion is hard, and there are a lot of obstacles and enemies along the way seeking to spot and destroy anyone traveling through the sewers unauthorized. So here are some things to consider. Like the folks in the Matrix, we too have recently been extracted from the Matrix, when you chose to take the red pill and see just how far this rabbit hole goes, you chose to come back and listen to more of these messages to see just how far this rabbit hole goes. And by the way, the, these messages aren't crafted off the Matrix, they're actually crafted off the Bible. And, and what's beautiful about the Matrix is you can then pull from the Matrix to illustrate the Bible because the Wachowskis have done that, which is, is really cool in a modern you know sense. But... We have learned that Neo and company, or like Neo and company, we have been slaves to a system that is going down in the end. And we have been given a way out of that endless loop of hell in order to help, you know, create and experience the world as it ought to be. A world in which people are free and freely choose to live in harmony with each other and with God. And... As I am sure, again, it should be no surprise to you at this point, especially since I just mentioned it, we call this place Zion too in, in, in the Bible. And it takes faith for us to move from where we are in order to reach the land or reality God is promising us. So our scripture today begins by you know, begins at Mount Sinai, which is, uh, or by the side of Mount Sinai, which is the physical mountain. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 18, it says, you have not come to a physical mountain, to a place of flaming fire, darkness, gloom, and whirlwind, as the Israelites did at Mount Sinai. And in verse 22, no, you have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to countless thousands of angels in a joyful gathering. What we have here is a comparison and contrast of two mountains, one physical, located in a certain location in the world that can be visited, but like everything else in the world, won't last forever, and one that is the city of God, eternal and yet to come. The first is a reference to Exodus 19, where God is revealed to the Israelites at the base of Mount Sinai. It says there in verse 1, of uh, Exodus chapter 19, actually verses 1 through 2, exactly two months after the Israelites left Egypt, they arrived in the wilderness of Sinai. After breaking camp at Rephidim, they came to the wilderness of Sinai and set up camp there at the base of Mount Sinai. The second is a reference to the kingdom of God, heaven, to the city of God, the new Jerusalem. And they go so far in 
in uh, in Revelation as to actually re like state the measurements of the city with the temple and all of that stuff. In fact, I don't even know there is a temple in this one when there's no sun because the sun is forever shining. Um, all the same, <clears throat> referenced in, in Revelation chapter 14, verse 1, Then I saw the Lamb standing on Mount Zion, and with him were 144,000 who had his name and his father's name written on their foreheads. And also in Revelation chapter 21, verse 1, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the old heaven and the old earth had disappeared, and the sea was also gone. As Christians, we have been awoken to the reality of the matrix, to the reality that we live in a wicked, broken world order that seeks to draw our worship away from God and to the things of this world. This mountain of worship we find ourselves at is not that of God, but that of this world. And we should count ourselves fortunate. The Sinai that our spiritual ancestors visited was a physical one, only one in which only Moses could approach God for fear of God's holiness. In Zion, however, God lives with us. There will be no more pain or suffering or death. There will be no more hardship or heartache. God will wipe all of our tears from our eyes. How do we know this? Jesus Christ is the one. God showed up as Jesus Christ and established that kingdom through his death and his resurrection. And every time we bring another person to know the one, to know and follow Jesus, we are building up Zion here on earth as it is in heaven. While right now Zion is operating quote-unquote underground through Christ and his church, one day Christ will come again in final victory and put an end to the current false world order and establish Zion on earth, God's reign, eternal and irreversible. We learn in Revelation chapter 21 verses 25 through 27, its gates will never be closed at the end of the day because there is no night there. And all the nations will bring their glory and honor into the city. Nothing evil will be allowed to enter, nor anyone who practices shameful idolatry and dishonesty, but only those whose names are written in the book of life, in the Lamb's book of life. The author of Hebrews reminds us that when Christ returns, the very foundation of this current world order will be shaken to its core on every level. But it takes faith, my friends. It takes faith to see that. It takes faith to see that what currently is, is actually not to be. That something else, something greater is coming. It's hard to see that when all we're used to seeing and believing is this current world order. And this was true for Neo, to see who he was, his role and place in Zion. He had to take a leap of faith, several attempts really, in order to realize who he was and his place in the heavenly city, as it were. And there's one scene I remember where Neo is on top of the roof with Morpheus, this this is one of the trainings that all people who get pulled out of the matrix have to go through when, you know, um, because if they don't go through these trainings, they can easily be killed by, by uh, 
the matrix through uh, these these uh, folks called the agents, which we'll talk about next week. Um, and so Morpheus and him are standing at the top of the simulated building, and I stress simulated because they're in a, a a computer construct; it's not real. And Morpheus is being uh, is showing uh, trying to show uh, uh, Neo that he's the one. And one of the things he's asking him to do, everybody has to try to do, and evidently nobody can do on their first jump, or their first try, and that is to jump between one building and the other. It's like going across, let's say, Times Square, you know, 42nd, 42nd Street from one skyscraper to the other. Just, you know, just jump from one to the other across the street. That's all Morpheus is asking. That's all. That's all Morpheus is asking Neo to do. And Neo looks, looks down, goes, no way, I can't do that, I'll die. And Morpheus reminds him that what he sees isn't actually real, and he needs to feel it and just just transcend what he feels and, and, and just, just, like, use what he knows to basically circumvent the Matrix. Well, of course, he doesn't know much because he's just been pulled from the Matrix. And so he gives it his go. You know, Morpheus jumps, leaps across, shows it can be done. And Morphia, or Neo says, okay, well, I'll give this a try. Here we go. And off he goes and runs. And he jumps. Uh, oops. <laughs> he didn't make it. And he starts to fall and starts to fall and starts to fall. And before you know it, uh, he hits the ground and then bounces back up as if he wasn't hurt. And, of course, that's because this is a training video. It's not really the Matrix where things count the way that they would um but the reality is that uh he didn't believe yet he didn't believe yet and you know though he gave it a good try he didn't actually believe he could jump those buildings and because he didn't he fell but when he finally does believe when he finally realizes that the roofs and the fall are really not there he can hop them in a single bound the same, my friends, is true for you. If you want to be a kingdom builder, a disciple, as a servant of the one, Jesus Christ, then you have to place your faith in him and take that leap from where you are to where God is calling you to be. It is through faith that we see the ultimate reality of Zion, of God's heavenly kingdom come to earth. In order to be a kingdom building disciple, you have to maintain your daily and weekly disciplines such as prayer, worship, reading scripture, and service. And in doing so, you will find yourselves taking that leap of faith more and more often, leaping from this current reality into ultimate reality in God through Jesus Christ. Amen? The church is supposed to be the model of Zion. We are... We are, and I think of the film and Zion in the film. Now, now, granted, you don't see Zion until the second film, but the way it's talked about in the first and when you actually see it in the second, this is the way the church is supposed to be. We're a community of Christians who believe in Jesus Christ and live according to his ways. Zion isn't the sewer that they find themselves in. Zion is the people living in it. And we as the church are our Zion, a model of Zion to the world. We are to model what it means to be a part of God's divine family, what a Christian in the world looks like, and how to lead others into our fold under the great shepherd Jesus Christ. 
In what ways are we currently modeling God's heavenly city? What are some missions and ministries that God's that model God's unconditional love that we have been engaged in? And there are plenty of them. <clears throat> what are they? Conversely, in what ways are we falling short, either individually or as a larger community? I want to challenge you to reflect on that. And if you come up with thoughts and ideas, send them our way. But remember, this isn't about what we do. We can't earn our salvation. There's no earning salvation at all. Um, everything that we do, we do by the grace and power of God. And if we just open ourselves up to the one, to the one and his way, uh, we will be led from where we are uh, to where God is calling us to be. And we will model Zion and the, the, the godly community for all the world. So let us not be fooled by the world and let us cling to Christ who has given us a home, not made with human hands, but eternal in the heavens, which one day will come fully to earth. Amen. Amen. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we just thank you and praise you for this opportunity to be here today, to be worshiping you and to be, uh, challenged by this message as much as we are inspired by it lord it is good to know that that there is a kingdom waiting for us and that that kingdom is uh actually the church that we are in the world even though we're not of it and that one day the very kingdom we represent will be the world and so we thank you and praise you for all of that and we ask that you bless us and also inspire us to act upon your word we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Rock on, folks. As always, I want to remind you that uh, it is great to have you here. Uh, please do check out the episode notes. If this is supplemental for you and you attend another church, then support your church, obviously. Uh, but if this is your main sustenance for the week, uh, then uh, and you have the means to, please support uh, the church. The links are there. Um, and if you can help support both, uh, both of us would be very uh, uh, thankful for that and appreciative of it. As always, friends, I want to remind you, uh, you are richly blessed, so be a blessing to others. Go in peace.